the government is just sort of wishing that people would take vaccines. Like now we have to make it hurt. Hey guys, welcome to the interview. I'm your host, Ada McLaughlin, the editor-in-chief of Mediaite. My guest this week is Juliet Kayyem. She is a professor at the Harvard Kennedy School of Government, a CNN national security analyst, and an author. She previously served as an assistant Homeland Security Secretary under the Obama administration. I called up Juliet on Wednesday because I wanted to discuss her new piece in The Atlantic, which makes the provocative argument that unvaccinated Americans should be banned from taking domestic flights. We discussed her case that the burden of the pandemic should now be placed on the unvaccinated, as well as Bill de Blasio's announcement that New York City is rolling out its own vaccine requirements and what the next stage of the pandemic will look like. Juliet, thank you so much for joining me. I'm excited to have you on. Uh, well, thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be here. So I have a lot to ask you about, yeah. but the first thing I wanted to discuss is a piece you wrote for The Atlantic <laughs> this week, which argued in favor of basically blocking unvaccinated people from yeah. domestic flights. Could you walk me through that argument? Thank you for letting me. I was like, you know, I, 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 it's getting a lot of play and a lot of criticism. I just made Breitbart, so I'm, I'm, I'm preparing. <laughs> but, um, but uh, people aren't reading it. So okay. basically, uh, I am not talking about contamination on airplanes. What I am talking about is we should listen to the unvaccinated and their motivations are all over the place uh, and and why they're not getting vaccinated. You know, ranges from access and the most you know, benign uh, uh, way to uh, to just being anti-vaxxers and wanting to stick it to the libs. Uh, uh, and so, but what's interesting, if you look at the data, in particular, the Kaiser family poll, which has been pretty consistent and amazing through the pandemic, uh, they will tell you that three things, a majority of them will tell you that th three things will motivate them. One is science, which is FDA final approval. So we should push the FDA, FDA in that. The second is about access, that if their primary care physician, the guy down the street who they've known for 30 years could give it to them. And I'm, I don't know why that's not happening more, uh, but that's about access. And the third is literally, it is uh, specifically uh, block uh, the ability to uh, to fly. Uh, and the reason why is because obviously that is a privilege that they will really miss and that has a time frame. Everyone wants to fly for the holidays. So I am not talking about the experience on the airplane and whether you can get sick. I don't think you can. I'm talking about listening to the unvaccinated. And so the argument just quickly is, uh, or two, two reasons why are, um, one is it will motivate a core group of, of, of the unvaccinated, including 11% of the never vaccinated crowd. So you can move people for real. And secondly, the US government needs to make more forceful statements. Everyone asked President Biden, will you have a mandate? This, this is a stupid question. There's no such thing as a federal mandate. You, But the federal government can use carrots and sticks and, and uh, privileges and burdens. And one of the areas where it can do that is obviously on airline travel because we, we the US government sets the rules and conditions for it. So if you want to move a lot of people into the from the wait and see because they're still waiting and seeing and I'm getting tired of them waiting and seeing to the I'll get a shot say that there's going to be a deadline October 15th. Give them a get you know but you know what if you want to see grandma um, during the holidays if you want to get that trip down to Cancun it ain't happening. Uh, uh, and so that's, I'm done. As I like to say, I'm done. 
Is part of the argument that it would be too hard for the Biden administration to to enforce some sort of national yeah, you could, for vaccines? Yeah. And so like an, an easier way to do it in a way that is proven through polling to basically coerce the unvaccinated yeah. to at least speed feel up the their pain. decision-making process. Yeah, yeah. feel the is, pain of their decision. So it, because the, the title of the piece is putting the burden on the unvaccinated. Yes, yeah. Do you see that as sort of the, the best way now yeah, that we now, have yeah. to convince I, the, the unvaccinated? I think it's to, all to the above. I do, I, I don't know how, you know, I think I think there's been a lot of examination of of of, of the unvaccinated. And I want to be clear here. There, you know, especially in terms of minority and underprivileged communities, uh, access is still an issue, or at least knowledge about access. So, you know, once once people learn that it's free, it, it generally you you know you can move forward. I think I think the way you described it is exactly right. The 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 right has captured the language of mandate and made even people like me. And I really wish the left and progressives would stop using it. Uh, because it does have this image of I'm going to grab you off the street mm. and poke you, right? Yeah. No, it's it's it is li- it is it is much more like a, a, a TSA preclearance line that you literally like. Okay, I'm going to be unburdened of all this crap, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in other words, I'm going to be I, I'm going to have more fun than you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to Broadway. I'm going to I'm going to uh, fly to on airplanes. I'm going to do and. Uh, the federal government's levers are, are are limited for a variety of reasons because I mean you 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 would have to show various sort of either you know compelling needs for universal vaccination. I feel like we're there, but I, I recognize the argument against, and I'm not sure I really want to think about a society that sort of mandates it. And really, when we say mandate, what we're saying is make it hurt, make the burden mm. be felt on them rather than us. And I'll say on a personal level, you're talking to a mother, a, a working mother of three children, and I have every goddamn, can I say goddamn privilege yes, in the world ahead. to make my life easier. And I say that, you know, in other words, I have a, a job at an institution, you know, that that isn't going under, I have a, a, a help and access to help, you know, they're older. And, and when I'm I am so terrified to look at my emails because I feel like, you know, this one of the schools went to masking. You know, I, I, I we're done. Like mm-hmm. this is, in other words, we we have the solution. Uh, and now, and now, uh, now we have to make the decision not to get us to good on those who who are who are dragging us down. And 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 still, we can be sympathetic to other pools of people, but but a majority of them are telling us it's just not hurting enough. It's just mm. wait and see. It's just a, you know, whatever. I'm not really thinking about my community. You know, it's selfishness, but um, do you remember that you're younger, but there's used to be a joke. I remember where a guy is drowning, a woman is drowning and a guy comes up in a lifeboat and he sa- says, you know, I've come here to save you. And she says, no, God will save me. And then, you know, then a second boat comes up and she says, no, God, God will save me. And then uh, a third boat is, God will save me. And then she dies and she drowns mm-hmm. and she's at the uh, uh, pearly gates and God looks up and says, what are you doing here? I sent three boats to come save you. <laughs> uh, you know, it's like, it's like at some yeah. stage, you know, we just like, like this, we're done, you know, in other words, the, the boats are here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and, uh, and, and we need to, we need to start burdening more. And that, that is an authority that the Biden administration would clearly have mm-hmm. because of its oversight. There might be lawsuits, but in, in, in security, 
and I'll end with this, you know, I'm done with the doctors. I'm done with hearing, follow the science. It's we're, we're done. Like we, we know that. And maybe you need people like me who are like somewhat less sympathetic, somewhat less intimate mm -hmm. than, um, than doctors to say, um, uh, to say, you know, we, we need to, um, uh, we, we need to make, we, we need to set the right baseline now that the federal government should just, should just be making a statement. We're not moving you people around anymore. Uh, and, um, to protect all of us because we need to get you into the line and this is yeah. going to hurt. So anyway, now, the, the, the stance being taken currently by, by the federal government is instead of policies geared towards really sort of coercing vaccinations, it seems like instead we're reimposing early pandemic restrictions, yeah. like mask recommendations. And I suppose it's, it, I sort of agree with you. It's frustrating to have safe, effective and readily available and free vaccines, which is really all that's needed to bring an end to this pandemic but we're still faced with va with mask requirements and the like. Yeah. What do you think of those measures? Do you think that they don't have a place in sort of the future in combating the, the pandemic? Yeah, you mean like the masking? I, so Mask I think what yeah. I think what we have to say, and this is, you know, as, a, as a, like I, my career both in academia, but also I do a lot of public and private sector advising, retail, so, you know, you know major sporting events, things like that, um, is um, that, uh, we have to really think about at least the next year, but in a good way, because we do have the vaccine, is what I call the now normal. Now, don't call it the new normal. Mm -hmm. Call it the now normal, which is like at any given moment, at any given place, we're going to have to just assess how we pivot or don't pivot. Uh, uh, and, 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 and places like Massachusetts can feel really good. And yeah, the governor just announced, you know, the mandated vaccine for all um, healthcare uh, uh, healthcare providers, that's great. And I think using those levers to demand uh, the right behavior is totally uh, appropriate at this stage, uh, rather than the burden, rather than the burden being imposed on the majority. And then here's what you do. You let individuals determine their risk level mm -hmm. when your baseline is vaccines, right? In other words, the government, like the government is just sort of wishing that people would take vaccines. Like now we have to make it hurt, hurt in a burden to not mm -hmm. take vaccines. Then me who, you know, then then if I'm living with my elderly parents or or my kids who, my kids are older, but let's say my kids couldn't get vaccinated yet, maybe, maybe my own personal risk calculation is, I don't really feel like getting on flights right now, or I do feel like masking whenever I'm in some place. Or I don't really need to go to concerts for the next couple months. That's fine. At That's your decision. Vaccinated. Right. Make the yeah. personal decision be on, on that. Right. And, and this is where, you know, the, this is where I want to move the baseline mm -hmm. is, um, you know, looking at these numbers, I know that as a vaccinated person, I'm relatively safe. What I also know is unvaccinated people are getting on planes, going to places, taking off their mask and are risking a, a six-year-old kid, right? Mm -hmm. We know this is happening. Like, I mean, this is not, so um, I'm into symbols and I'm into, into, into baseline setting. Um, and I think this is one that, that, that I, I, just, I think it's less controversial than mm -hmm. people would make out. I think if he said this, we're doing this in time for the holidays. So those of you who are vaccinated can confidently get on planes with your kids, with your elderly parents. I, I think, I, I literally think it would be so popular.
And I don't live in a bubble. I mean, I'm seeing what's happening on online with me, but. (laughs) Well, I I do want to, I want to ask about some of the criticism. There's a program similar to the one that's getting put in place in New York, which I I do want to get to uh, in France and some other European countries. And it's been met with some backlash in Europe. There've been protests in France. And I do think like Americans are even more averse than Europeans to having government imposing something like a vaccine requirement to doing, to to being able to either eat at a restaurant or fly on on a plane. What do you think of those who argue that your proposal to ban the unvaccinated from air travel mm. is extreme or even totalitarian? Yeah, so so it's it's not only if, unless you think it's a it's a right to to fly, and it's not any more than if you thought it was a right for me to to on, to honestly go to Disneyland or or no go go to see as I guess not go to but go to go to the Lion King um, mm. on Broadway. These are not rights; these are privileges. And the and and the, the government could set can, as long as they're not discriminatory by race or any any as I said in the thing you know any uh, protected class can do what it does to determine what the appropriate safety standards are, um, and uh, and as importantly the private sector can. And so the argument to say you know is is both this is not a mandate it is a condition and if and and you. The ch- no one is forcing you to do every anything. You are free to do whatever you want at this stage. Um, and I think also what's so interesting uh, is the business, um, the business model. As, as and I work in this world, uh, is looking at the numbers, whether it's the cruise lines who 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 love the cruise lines love the CDC guidance, right? Because if yeah. they have an outbreak. Maybe. On a cruise line, no, it's it's DeSantos yeah. in Florida who's suing it, not the yeah. cruise lines. The cruise lines, love it. if you look at the business model for it, we may, I'm you know, my piece may have been a little bit premature, mm. but it was telling that yesterday the Delta CEO said, Stay tuned when asked about vaccination requirements uh, for flyers, he doesn't want to do it while they're waiting for FDA approval. And someone smart at these airlines is doing the calculation of the greater likelihood I'm gonna take my kids on a plane if it's mm. fully vaxxed mm-hmm. from the pool of people that they lose who would, remember it's not all of them, it would be just those who would refuse to get vaccinated. Yeah. Um, so yeah, someone's that, doing those numbers. That's one of the interesting premises of your piece, which is that you know we obviously, we have a demand problem now and there is a considerable population that exists right now that is obviously not getting vaccinated. And I, I think there's this assumption uh, on the part of a lot of people that those who are not getting vaccinated right now are all right-wing conspiracy theorists yeah. or anti-vaxxers. And the premise of your piece is that that's not really true, yeah. that there are people that will take the vaccine. They just have certain motivations that have stopped them from doing it so far. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you know, what could you like, do you have numbers for like what portion of the population that, that accounts for? No, I mean, what we do know is that, uh, that of the pool, so you figure we've reached 70% of singles, so the pool of the 30% that haven't had a single shot, um, only 11% are true anti-vaxxers. Now that number can go up over time, that's my worry. Which is surprisingly low. Yeah, I mean, you know, literally I tell everyone, no matter how popular you think Fox News is, there's only about 2 million people watching it, right? I mean, mean, it's a horror, but, um, and the same is true for CNN that I'm on air for, right? So, um, 
so uh, so then how do you move that group? And so the data that we've, and, and as, as you already, you know, put, you know, some of it is sticking it to the lib, some of it is just being anti-science, mm -hmm. some of it is legitimate, like the FDA approval thing. I'm surprised. I don't know if that's a, a ruse by those people, but I'm surprised how impactful FDA um, authorization approval. is, sure. which I, I honestly, I didn't think that much about, like, I just mm -hmm. thought, oh, that's just a checklist. So let's, we'll push that. Um, the, the intimacy of your primary care physician, a lot of people are more skeptical, not of the vaccine, but I think of medicine generally, they don't want to go to a CVS. Uh, but then the third, they want their own doctor. Yeah. And the third 41%, 41% of that 89% mm -hmm. are telling us that, uh, that, uh, a move to uh, to burden them with airline travel, and once again, this I want to put it out in the future. I want to say by November first, October fifteenth is not tomorrow. Mm. It is literally give you time, but realize the consequences get really tough relatively soon. Because right now we don't have that standing in the background. Yeah. Anyway, forty one percent of them uh, say that they would be moved by a, a ban on travel, which to me is. You know, it's like the Trump voter. It's like, you know, oh, what does the Trump voter want? Blah, 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 blah. It's like, you know what? Actually, they're telling us, right? The mm -hmm. Trump voter is telling us he's a racist or whatever. You know, and I'm joking, yeah. but I'm joking. But like, you know, what is what does MAGA want? MAGA wants him to be president, right? It's not yes. that deep. It's there's yeah. not, yeah. Um, and so what do the anti, what do the unvaccinated want? Mm -hmm. um, uh, they're telling us. Yeah. Now, New York City is about to become the first city in the U.S. to have a vaccine requirement to go inside restaurants, gyms, and indoor venues. Right. That applies a similar logic that by placing the burden of the pandemic on the unvaccinated, you will boost the vaccination rate. Yeah. So what do you make of New York's program? I think it's terrific. And I think we're, I, so this is the same thing where, um, again, you know, you just want to think of the, you want to think of the carrots and sticks to lure people, but you want, but you would then have to think about consequences. Carrots and sticks don't work without consequences. So then you need a burdened and an unburdened class, right? Or the, mm -hmm. as I like to say, the people having fun and the people not having fun. Uh, and, uh, and that can move a lot of young people. So, uh, and it's worked in France. Uh, where the moment in, there was some criticism um, that France had its first weekend as a smaller country than ours. The, the, fr the Thursday after it was announced, they had uh, what was it, over 1 million vaccinations that single weekend, um, and it continues good. EU, everyone's passing us now. EU's passing us, can't, or not yet, but Canada. Um, we are, we used to, you know, we thought we were so fabulous, and now we've bumped up against the fact that we aren't asserting consequences, that we just need to begin to assert consequences. Uh, so I love what New York's doing. And I think just some things for listeners to know. New York was smart in that they built up the technological capacity. One of the reasons alongside this clearly thought that they were gonna have. And I think one of those, one of the, what's important about sort of the <coughs> TSA proposal that I have is, you know, you, you gotta, you, you know, you want the technology to work. So we need a couple weeks or months to be able to, 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 to intake that information. The second is, um, is that New York is clearly prioritizing its citizens over tourism, which I think does, I think that is important. Right? I think it is, you know, unlike what you see in Florida that wants to keep the cruise lines, you know, unmasked and unvaxxed and Disneyland and stuff. And I think it's important because I think one, people people within New York will spend more money, which is what you want. You want people going out to dinner uh, and you, um, and then you, and then people who want to come there will be, and I, I sound, this, this is not good language, 
the kind of people that you want, which is the vaccinated, right? Now we're now we're going to use that terminology uh, in the right way, which is the 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 people who care about New Yorkers, right? I, so I thought that was interesting. They made a, they made some calculation mm. that uh, tourism would would harm them in the long run, and I think yeah. I think that's accurate. And I think that's what all these businesses are doing as well. I think there's no question. Now, I think one thing I picked on that you said, I think a lot of conservatives that would, would object to this argument in this piece is they would be horrified the, by the idea that you're making two classes, that you're making yeah. an unvaccinated class and a vaccinated class with privileges for one and burdens right. for the other. Right. Do, do you think that that's a sound argument at all? Do you, do you? I think they've created two classes, which is they get to do what they want. Uh, uh, including die, uh, and the rest of us have to suffer the burden. So I think my classes are better. But the idea that they're, I mean, the idea that they're not establishing classes, they have. Yeah. They have because what they're doing is, and this is what people don't understand about the science. And I, you know, you can hear in that piece, I'm very frustrated with the messaging that says, follow the science. That only got us so far. And I, and I love the scientists and I love all of them on TV. It's it's not working. We need to we need to think in bulk now. I mean, we need to think you know about security, about uh, about um, being less intimate, being let you know just to sort of saying that yeah, we're setting a bright we're setting a floor as a country, and that floor is going to be a floor that protects this country, and that's a pretty good floor to be. But yeah, I always laugh whenever they say to us, I. I I'm now the disfavored camp. I'm just trying to establish a camp in which I'm the favored camp. So that's what they're <laughs> mad about. Now, the, the Biden administration is getting some some criticism for its messaging yeah. on the spread of the Delta yeah. variant and how dangerous that is for the country right now. Yeah. Do you think any of that criticism is justified? You you worked in the Obama administration. Yeah, no, and I don't. And then, um, uh, so I think this, I think the messaging is hard. I think the slip ups um, were avoidable. So, and especially last week, um, I even I, so how do I want to put it? I view myself as both a supporter of this administration, but also as a pro-science consumer of health intelligence. So if I'm confused, you have a problem. Yes. Uh, because I'm yeah. pro and I, you know, as I say, like other intelligence of people in my space in this curious space, this is just health intelligence. And it's just telling me, and if I can't explain it to a student or a client or when I'm on CNN, you have a problem yeah. because I'm your, I'm your, I'm your translator, right? Yeah. You know, like I don't, you doc, as I said, the doctor is enough already. Yeah. Uh, and so, um, so I do think that last week's masking that may have been based on uh, science that didn't make sense, or to a lot of people who looked at it in terms of the private Provincetown outbreak, uh, that um, was not good. I think it was sloppy. So there were pieces to it that um, could have been written better, or could have been mm. done outreach better. Um, uh, and I think two things that I would say about the communication side, and I've written about this a little bit. The the first is we um, the public health officials, including those in government. Uh, um, are, um, I'm going to be blunt here. I don't know why I'm being so, end of the day, I'm just why I'm being so blunt. You can be blunt. They really need to stick to their lane. Uh -huh. They really do at this stage. So, you know, pontificate, you know, they've been given a platform that we're really, that's really necessary right now. So pontificating about January 6th or about climate change, whatever, like I'm constantly like, just, can you just stick to your lane? Um, you know, because I think that's helpful. But the other 
way that it's been unhelpful, not sticking the lane, is I do think they've undermined some of their messaging uh, when they panic. So someone like me who's been in logistics, I could have told you that the vaccination rollout was gonna be slow and clunky and people would be pissed and demand would uh, outdo supply. And then we'd rock it, right? And then we'd have this wave. And then we were gonna hit hand-to-hand combat, which is what we're at now. Anyone who's done a massive logistics campaign knows that. So two weeks in, and this is, you know, this is not to blame, this would have happened under Biden. The idea Mm -hmm. that Biden would have had the first two or three weeks of an ease, it's just crazy. And so all of a sudden they're telling me, here's what the science is saying about the vaccine. And then all of a sudden they're like freaking out when people like me, none of your logistics people were freaking out. We knew these kinks would be worked out are saying, okay, maybe you only need one shot. And I'm sitting there, it's like, I have been listening to you and, and telling other people that, you know, you guys all are telling me two shots. And then all of a sudden, because what logistics people knew was going to happen, happened, you're now panicking. So I just think they need to, 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 uh, uh, stick to the lane. And I think, I think some of the messaging from the Biden administration, it's not that it's been bad. I think one of the recommendations that um, I would make is uh, that the, um, the, the tone by a lot of people, including, you know, has to, the um, sort of fluctuates between doom and glee. Mm. And <clears throat> I think we should actually be somewhere in the middle right now. Like, I mean, in other words, that, that the vaccines are really working, let's lead with that story, whatever. And I think some of the panic that you're seeing about Delta that may not be justified by Delta, the reality of Delta's transmissibility is because, you know, there, there are speeds between doom and glee. And, um, and, I, and I think that they need to sort of make that a little bit nuanced, more nuanced. You do seem to agree with some conservative arguments that public health experts should be there to not sort of impose or create policy, yeah. but to give advice to policymakers to them. Yeah. I think, and, I, and the, the Provincetown would, thing is a good example. Yeah, because- I would, I exactly. So, mm-hmm. and this is actually of their guidance. I wrote um, after the guidance came out last week, yeah. once again, as the sympathetic pro-science reader, the CDC needs to lead with the science, not the guidance. So that, mm-hmm. the, that document comes out and all of a sudden all of our jaws drop because we're like, what? Back yeah. to masking? What? How are there so many people in Provincetown that are vaccinated and have gotten right. infected? Right. So then you yeah. read down. So basically the science wasn't there. Then three days later, they released the science. Yeah. But by then you've lost everyone on the policy. Mm-hmm. And I just think the CDC, yeah, I, 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 I am. And then it makes recommendations. And then you should have, you know, Jeff Zients like out there and, mm-hmm. um, and, and maybe your secretary of education out there more. And, you know, we do have a secretary of Homeland Security who might be have invested interest in, in protecting the homeland. Like there, there's people in the same way, honestly, that I think people, all the criticism I'm getting today, as I said, I think I, you know, I made Breitbart like an hour ago, so I'm, I'm just bracing, but the, um, uh, People actually want to hear other voices. And the feedback I'm getting is like a lot of mothers who yeah. are saying, finally, like someone is just saying, we're freaking pissed, mm-hmm. right? We've got these kids, they can't get vaccinated. We recognize why not, but you know, and I think, you know, that the outrage of the mother is, is maybe the spokesperson right now. And uh, um, you're a, a mother of three kids. Yeah. I, I, I take it you live in, in Cambridge, yeah, in Massachusetts, yeah. and vaccination rates are quite high. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Have you changed your behavior at all since, since last Delta? Week? Yeah. Yeah. So I, so, so I, um, they're all vaccinated. So they're old enough to be vaccinated. People okay. ask me this all the time. The mm-hmm. Harvard University has rules that all abide by, including vaccination requirement. 
Um, I have two kids that are heading, one, one left uh, college during COVID. So I have two leaving simultaneously um, uh, at the end of the month. And those, will, those are both vaccination required uh, universities. The high school uh, just announced mass game. Um, so my life, how has it changed? So uh, uh, I am not going to indoor restaurants again okay. right now, but I will sit outside. Uh, I am going to, I told you before we went on air, I'm going to a New England Revs game. I will mask until I know where I'm sitting uh, uh -huh. and then sort of see how I feel about that. I will mask going in. Uh, and as for flights, mm. uh, so I, um, I am a little uh, risk adverse on flights. There's a, there's a variety of personal reasons why that is. And so I, uh, that was the one thing that has impacted my life, my, my professional life in big ways. Not that anyone was asking, but my life has been very different staying at home because I used to be on the road eight to 10 days a month and that worked oh, wow. with the okay. family and the way uh, 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 the, the family dynamic works out. It works out well that way. And so um, uh, so I'm home and I've actually loved being home with the kids, but I'm an antsy. And, uh, and I had two conferences uh, uh, in September and October. The October one was just canceled. Okay. Uh, the September one is on hold and I have my first foreign trip in uh, November of which I just got an email saying stand by. So it's not wow. even my own personal choices anymore. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the entire network is changing. Yeah. I want to bring it back to your, uh, the piece you wrote in the Atlantic. Yeah. How realistic do you think a proposal it, oh, it, it, think, is it? Do you think it, it's something that could actually happen, that requirement yes, for vaccinations? Yes, and I love I love that you asked that because uh, because I was just on CNN yeah. and uh, they asked that too. I said, I talked to a lot of, like, I'm not like sitting here in Cambridge thinking, isn't this interesting? I, talk, <laughs> I came out of DHS. I know former heads of TSA. I know lots of people who are in the security space. So, and you'll notice at the end, I spend about a paragraph describing how it works. So you set yeah. the baseline rule. Mm -hmm. um, uh, because remember I'm into floors, right? So I, I, if I create the floor, I'm going to give you all sorts of exceptions to the floor, but, and there's going to be all sorts of liars and cheats. I don't care about them. I've now lifted the floor. Um, and so uh, you do it October 15th and you see what happens from then. Then, and I think what you're starting to see is all of this going online anyway, even though we have cars. You, uh, all you have to do is uh, have a mainframe change on TSA and, and all of the airlines and require the airlines to request either upload or certification of vaccination that you then have to bring at the moment. Because every, every person who gets on a plane is... Um, sees another person. In other words, mm -hmm. you are, you are, even if you're TSA pre-clear, so that can be in the database, the database can be protected. The airlines, I would not be surprised depending on how bad Delta goes. Uh, as I said about Delta variant, as I said about Delta, I would not be surprised if you, if, if, if uh, one or two airlines started to look at the commercial benefits of hmm. being vaccinated only. Being and I think, vaccinated yeah. Only. And I just think the number of people who would be more willing to fly not because they would get sick on the airlines, but on the airplane itself, but just because, as I said, like some of what this is about is now symbols. Mm -hmm. It is about the unvaccinated realizing that the vaccinated are, are tired, right? I mean, in other yeah. words, we are just tired. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it's time that we put the burden on them. If 
that does get implemented. This is why I'm never policy. running for office, right? I mean, in <laughs> other words, I, I sort of like, you know, even as you know, my, my uh, a friend of mine read it, she's like, well, it had that typical Kayam soft touch. I was like, come on. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the, the we're, we're fed up with it. Yeah, um, yeah and I'm I, not going to well, take it anymore. Yeah, I do imagine if, if the policy does get implemented, you'll you'll be featuring in a few more more Breitbart headlines. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Anyway, uh, Juliet Kayam, thank you so much. Oh, this was a pleasure. Thank you for everything you do. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Interview. Please subscribe to The Interview on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and check out coverage of my conversation with Juliet Kayam on Mediate.com.